Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com live. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and we are back after a sort of a unexpected break in between. Uh, we could not bring you the pod for Real Madrid versus Valerenga, which was the second leg. And I think uh, you can figure out the reason why. Uh, I've been pretty sick over the weekend, so uh, could not manage to record that pod. But do not worry. We will bring you a pod discussing the Champions League group stage draw. We've been drawn against Chelsea, Paris FC and BK Haken. Uh, a pretty tricky draw, but we will discuss this in more detail in, in that pod that we are going to uh, bring to you. In that, we'll provide you a little recap from the Valeranga game as well. And uh, today we are here to discuss the game against Levante in the league which was our first defeat of the season because so far we we result wise we were flawless but if you've been listening to us or if you if you've been following the the team you would be pretty much aware of the issues that you know we've been going on and on about about how this approach with the results, uh, you know, sort of saving our grace isn't sustainable. You would have, uh, like, seen firsthand how bad we were at defending at, you know, sort of creating chances from settled position and all of that. And all of those issues, all of those concerns that, you know, some of them that we have been raising since eternity, since the inception of this club, basically, like, depending on set pieces, all of them came true in this one game. In this one game where we were really challenged by a good opposition. And this is what is going to happen every time we play a challenging opposition. Like this game plan of ours to, you know, play very bad football, to have no coherent ideas in possession, to sort of keep changing and uh, chopping the lineup just to like every game for no reason at all because you haven't figured out your best 11 yet. 
was going to you know quote unquote reap its rewards and that is what it has done this is the reward that it gets that that a team gets for for that sort of performances so yeah we ended up losing the game 2-1 and we'll discuss we'll discuss we'll break the we'll break down the game for you uh, but before all that as always in in wins in losses in draws i've once again got kanita with me kanita how are you doing today <laughs> in wins and draws and losses yeah and in uh, haram balls as well um yeah i mean we have been complaining about haram ball for a while <laughs> the toril suffer ball and everything and you know this is um, the first result of the season uh that actually gave us you know the consequence of that suffer ball and well i mean levante is you know considered to be our first um actual challenge of the season right uh and you know we lost against them the first challenge we got we lost against so let's uh, take what you want from that i don't know uh but it's the <clears throat> it's the international break now and you know it's <laughs> i don't know if it's good or bad at this point uh i mean it interrupts the season obviously um uh, I mean, the these breaks are every month uh and it breaks up the season very often and stuff like that but i don't know it's usually chaotic afterwards but maybe it will have kind of a reset button or something i don't know maybe uh but how am i doing after this game i i don't know anymore uh, i wasn't surprised uh especially after i saw the lineup zero surprises after seeing the lineup sheet so yeah i mean we can start and uh we're starting with the discussion about lineup so yeah let's go yeah so as we usually begin this pod we'll start off by you know going through the lineups and surprisingly this time there wasn't many changes in fact there was just one change from the game against valerenga in midweek which is you know good because we have, we have spoken about the need for consistency and uh to build that sort of synergy across the across the board in a team uh which we have not had in the past uh we have been like making three four changes everywhere uh because you know managing a squad of such talented players uh and giving out minutes to every single one of them it, it was always going to be difficult but we have handled it absolutely shambolically uh so yeah even though there was this one change that one change was so infuriating for me because that one change happened at right back and we replaced oihane a natural right back that we signed in the summer to replace Lucia Rodriguez another natural right back we have two right backs in the squad Kenty and Oihane Oihane plays midweek seems like she is going to be the first choice over Kenty maybe or we don't know Kenty will still play some uh, crucial games ahead of both of them we once again go with Ivana at right back and as soon as i saw that uh when i saw the lineup at first when i saw the team sheet that uh, that the club posted on twitter 
I was like, okay, this is probably a back three. We, you know, maybe Feller plays as the as the right uh, <coughs> right wing back because you know Feller has that versatility. Feller has the defensive work rate as well as so she can uh, provide us with that and play the wing back role quite well. And when it played out on the field, I was I was not happy. Let's let me just put it that way. <laughs> I was not happy at all because it wasn't this sort of uh, smart move where we are trying to you know Levante pushing up pushing forwards with their front two and we are trying to have a numerical advantage by uh, putting a center back at at full back and having them tuck in and you know sort of create this back three in build up and allow us to push more players forward because we have a security line of three it, it was nothing like that Ivana was playing as the proper fullback on the right hand side, pushing forwards, uh, being more uh, of an influence, trying to be more of an influence in the opposition half uh, alongside the touchline. And A, it did not work, like obviously it did not work. And B, it, it, what makes it more infuriating is this isn't a force change, this is a choice. And it's a terrible one, uh, at least for me. I wasn't happy with the with the lineup, like just for that one change and just for the fact that <coughs> Zornosa was also uh, in the lineup uh, despite her not so great performances in the in the last few games. I think that merited a change as well, <coughs> in my opinion. But okay, if you want to, uh, you know, provide that consistency to the lineup do so that's that's great i i appreciate that let let the attack find its rhythm let the attack uh you know sort of understand each other and spend time with each other on the field that's fine keep zoranos as the number 10 that's fine but when you have two actual right backs why are you so insistent on playing a center back as as your fullback is is beyond me actually so <clears throat> yeah pretty <coughs> pretty unhappy with the lineup but yeah, what were your thoughts when you saw the team sheet and when you saw it playing out on the field? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting uh, because when you mentioned it was only one change from the game against Valerenga, I realized that I, I didn't even you know notice that. I mean, I know both lineups very well and everything, but this one change is... Like so big that it, that it just made me lose track of well the fact that it was only that one change from the Valarenga game and like for me that that changed the game like the entire uh, way of how are we approaching this game uh, even before it started I mean I saw the lineup sheet and I knew it would be bad uh, it, I knew it would be terrible because uh we've seen it before we we've seen it before we've seen it before against levante actually it was the second to last league match of the season uh, last season and he put up free at the back started with this uh lineup and um uh with vana at the right back and you know and we were we were losing 2-0 afterwards we um turned it over to 3-2 but like from the beginning we had 2-0 and then uh there were 
subs that uh you know change the the results turned it over and uh, but you know it's something i've seen before and i thought okay i mean we already did terribly against <laughs> levante last season and now that they brought some attackers like to their uh squad as well um yeah it wasn't it wasn't looking well. And then when I saw them pitch, I, I just wasn't surprised. I mean, I already said it and the, in the introductory part. It was like, I knew it immediately. Saw the lineup and said, oh no, it's going to be another game of suffering. And uh, it's, and I thought it would be very difficult to, um, like we would probably get a draw like uh, most most probably a draw or something like that. Would we would most certainly lose points, and there was one, uh, like one small chance that we would actually get to win this game. And I was thinking, like, only if he does like this series of what ifs uh, during the you know with the substitutions. But you know, as we <laughs> as we know from before, uh, Torel is not very good at. Well, making changes. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. And, yeah, I I saw the lineup. So, okay, um, this has to mean that Ivana is a uh, red-white, uh, right-white center-back, which is, you know, pro- uh, basically, like, right-back. And that we'll get to see the, her throw-ins again. And her throw-ins are not, um, not good, like, at all. They... They're very bad, uh, very very bad. Throwings, um, like we know from last season, um, when for some reason he wouldn't uh, play right back, uh, he put her on on this position and she would do the uh, throwings, and you know she never got better at them. But I don't, I don't actually blame her. You know, you don't really see center backs taking the throw-ins, and you don't really see center backs uh, regularly playing on right back. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, we did have like the fourth defender Olga, uh, but I don't know what she was. Uh, I'll probably men. Uh, oh, I mean, I will most probably mention her because uh, she was not a fullback for me in this game. Uh, it was all kinds of mess. Um, it's just some unexpected things even happened on the pitch. Like, I saw the lineup and thought, oh, yeah, this will go badly. But then I saw some off-position stuff that uh, I, they just all seemed lost, okay? They just all seemed lost. And it was something beyond what I could have ex- even expected from seeing the lineup. And, yeah, that that's how bad it was. So, uh, let's just go into the game and yeah continue like that yeah so before we like talk about the game and the and the problems that you know arise with with sort of uh with with our press with our building out of the back uh i i'm going to point out some stuff uh with that before we get into all of that i think it's important to like talk about it i i feel it's important to talk about like what is the problem with uh right backs i don't understand like th- that has been a position where ever since ever since real madrid began kenty has been the only sort of constant there we had samara 
uh, when we were back when we were Takon, we had candy and I think we just called it days after that. Like, all right, now even if we sign a right back, we are probably never going to play them, and you know, we are, we are just not going to use any other uh, actual right back to to the to our benefit. It it seems because we did this to Lucia, we lost Lucia, and uh, I mean Lucia has lost a lot of her confidence. Uh, she hasn't been starting for <laughs> for Sevilla either, <coughs> but hopefully that changes with uh, as the season goes on. But the Lucia that we signed was an actual very good right back in the league <coughs> from Real Sociedad. Actually, very good at carrying the ball. Very good, uh, like very athletic, uh, a threat both ways. Good at defending, improved defensively as well. Good at good at attacking. Good at carrying the ball like that was a, that was the biggest thing great at carrying the ball so you know we had an outlet who can bring the ball out from the back oh we lost her in because we did not play her at all we have signed Oihane who is not much uh, difference in age with Lucia if you want to rate the potential I'll probably say just about the same and we are sort of doing the same thing we are we are we are literally choosing a center back over two healthy right backs to play that position which is which is so odd i mean don't you trust any of your right backs i, I don't understand like if if you did not trust uh, oihane to be your starting right back in in uh, in big games then you should have signed somebody else you know or maybe just kept lucia why waste a transfer there when you are anyway going to play Ivana and speaking of like big games we have pretty big games once we return from the international break like after Aibar which is our first game after the international break we have Real Sociedad we have Chelsea we have Barcelona and then we have Haken like we are going to get cooked in that in those 10 days if we are if we don't have a plan and I don't know, like, I, I just want to know what, what his problem is with, with right backs because this way we'll just keep losing good players that we are bringing in and it, it's pointless then. Uh, why waste a signing, why waste signing a player for a position that you are, you have already made up your mind that you are going to use a centre-back there. So, I, I, and a centre-back who isn't even good there, a centre-back who had, who had never played right back before you put her there against Chelsea last season. I don't know. Like, it's such a it's such an odd choice that it it re, it's really baffling. It you cannot like sort of reason out anything because there isn't anything smart happening tactically on the field when we play a centre back at right back either. It's just the normal full back stuff. Full back is asked to bomb up the field. Full back is asked to be the outlet up the field. Try to provide the width. Try to provide support on the overlap. Nothing is changing. <laughs> So you have two players who have actually done that throughout their career. So, yeah, it, it makes no sense to me. What do you think his problem is with, with the right backs? So here's the situation. Uh, we have three center backs, right, in the whole squad. Uh, and the best center back we have, she's being used as a right back. Um, so this is beyond me. I don't know. 
Um, I don't think anyone understands. Uh, just, you know, I thought, I really, really thought that, you know, if, you know, Oyana came uh, as uh, signing of, you know, this summer and came as his signing, uh, you know, uh, during, uh, I don't know if she was his choice or whatever, but, you know, she came during his mandate, I guess. And I thought, like, yeah, okay, so he didn't uh, choose Lucia, so maybe he has a thing, you know, about players he just uh, doesn't even want to uh, learn about or anything. Yeah, you know, it's just a thing of him not ever learning about his players. Um, you know, all that that you said about Lucia stands, and I agree. And again, I will say that, uh, yeah, we did lose our best right back. We had ever uh and you know it's his fault and now we sign another very uh talented right back you know young spanish uh right back potential and then he does this again <laughs> i i don't know i really don't know uh he he really does have a thing of uh, ignoring the right backs I, I don't know like last season he ignored lucia and then he thought okay i mean um uh, kenty has not been in a good form so she gets benched too uh so you know um if Kenty is not playing well and then he refuses to play Lucia uh then he just puts you know Ivana on the right back does that make sense no it doesn't but it happened a lot it happened during uh in big games as well like I mentioned uh Levante I mentioned uh, there, there was the Chelsea game and you know there were some very important games in which this lineup was like this and Ivana played as right back. And I don't know, I really thought it would change, you know, with uh, Oyane being his signing and everything. And I, I don't understand. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with Oyane. I, I, she, I, think, I think she might be our best defender, like, you know, overall. And I, I don't know. I just don't know. And like, she's great at crossing as well. So, I I don't know. Like during this whole game, he just refused to put another fullback on. Not like just not like another right uh, to put on a right back. He just never put on another fullback on the pitch. Uh, he did everything in his power to avoid that sub. And the interesting thing is that there were Oyan and Sveva warming up on the sidelines. I don't know how long, but I just saw them warming up at some point. So Oyan never came on. I think she uh, warmed up for at least 30 minutes. Uh, and I don't know, it's it's beyond me. I mean, she, she was considered, right? She was considered to be put in. And I don't know what changed, what, what I, I don't know. And it's a lot of it's a lot of I don't know for me because this right back situation is beyond me. Like he just refuses to use a right back when you have three center backs and you know one one the the, the best center back we have is used as a right back. Weird. Weird, you know. I don't I don't know. You barely ever see this but yeah you know you can see it in this team with alberto torrell i guess ah woohoo novelties yeah well <clears throat> looks like uh this is a thing now for big games at least i don't know 
feels weird and i think if we keep continuing that we will keep continuing to get this sort of results in any sort of big game but yeah i guess this is the life we have chosen this is uh this is the fire that we have chosen to to die with maybe i don't know it feels weird it feels unreasonable but yeah well that is what it is i guess so let's let's talk about the game and let's talk about first of all let's talk about our press so ever since we unfortunately lost uh caroline weir to to an acl injury for the season we knew in even in that uh, post weir pod we discussed this that it is going to have a big impact on our off ball structure it is going to have a have an impact on the way we press because weir was the leader uh, in in the press right and she used to decide who we press when we press and she used to press very aggressively and she had a very good partner in esther as well who had with whom she had uh, a very good synergy throughout the season so we lost that and now we in this game we played zornosa as the number 10 and usually usually what is what happens is when we are without the ball we drop into a 442 with the number 10 pushing up alongside uh, our forward our striker to form a line of two and try to press the opposition center back or you know sort of cut their angles and half the pitch by making those curved runs and all now we have uh, brun and zornosa neither of whom have are clearly on the same page now relating to what the pressing triggers are how which pressing triggers can work you know sort of uh okay if if your left center back is right footed and your right center back is actually playing a pass to her and she's going to receive it on her, onto her right foot that means her body orientation will need to be uh need to be closed down so what you can do is instead of giving her time to turn towards the left back receive and you know sort of take a touch towards the left back you make a curved run from the outside in and try to cut her angle to play that pass to the left back so now she has to play it back to the center back or the goalkeeper so you have reduced the option you have reduced the size of the pitch for her to play the ball to and you are also pressuring her so she does not get much time to think about where to pass and that is how turnovers are generated in in any pressing scheme those triggers can be identified a if you have a very strong uh, of the ball plan which we lack or you have some very excellent hard working players who will run and chase uh, every ball very aggressively and close down uh, the opposition player before they get the time to do anything and we don't uh, necessarily have that right now in the team either or and neither are we giving them time to develop any synergy we know <coughs> even in the past we have discussed this when zornosa even when she's playing uh, in midfield her shortcomings come against the ball like she does not cover a lot of ground she 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 struggles with with it and she loses track of a marker at times uh, on transition she struggles with covering uh, a lot of ground against the ball which is fine like that is not her game that has never been her her game actually 
but uh, that has seriously hampered our ability to you know press in any coherent way and in this game uh, because it was that same partnership or at times on some occasion Zornosa was going out on the left and it was uh, Linda Caicedo coming in and you know Brune was the right sort of forward and uh, Linda was the left sort of forward <clears throat> but the thing is uh, you lose that you don't have that intensity that we are brought on or the awareness that we are brought on of the ball and that is never going to be uh, be replicated because Weir is one of a kind of a player and what you can do is you know you have Feller in your squad Feller is excellent uh, against the ball like she presses aggressively she is very intense and she's tireless she'll keep doing it and she she ha seems to have developed a very good understanding of pressing triggers as well with time you can use her but you know she's used as the as the wide player and it, it, it's a it's a very big dilemma to how, how to compensate it but you will have to like e either develop some sort of uh, another strategy wherein you're not pressing or if you're pressing you press aggressively you ask your wide players also to push towards the full back and try to stop the opposition from building out the back because in this game it looked like Levante was having absolutely zero trouble playing out of our press. It was so uncoordinated that they just sliced through our press with ease and reached the final third. It was it was crazy embarrassing to watch. Honestly, it looked like uh, we were amateurs trying to press. And I'm, I'm being very harsh here because <coughs> yeah, I have been <coughs> pretty sick. So I'm getting pissed. Uh, pretty easily on this game but it was a really poor performance and it, it was a culmination of all of our bad performances in my opinion i will hand it over to you and i'll take your thoughts on what did you think of our uh of the ball scheme and how did levante just you know how did it did you gather anything about the ease with which levante were carving us out listen it was um it was a bit difficult to watch the match you know <laughs> uh as it was um so i couldn't really get to focus on the opponents i just know um a few times um paula fernandez would cook um sonosa um because yeah she would just hold on the possession too long and Sonosa also uh, tends to get a little frustrated at times when she, well, when she's going up, and you know, I not I noticed it before, and it was apparent in this game as well. It's something that's been going on lately, I guess, with Sonosa. I don't know, uh, but like she has options like on both of her sides, and she can try, but she doesn't even uh, go for it, and instead she just does a random long shot uh so yeah i just, I just one frustrating thing well one of those one of the frustrating things about this match uh but yeah i i don't know i think with the lack of the you know fullback on the right side <laughs> and uh you know no no right back and it's it's a it was a problem because you mentioned uh, Feller, right? 
and she she's a fantastic player. I think she has been uh, w- alongside Linda that she's been our best player for the last few games, and I love that. And uh, she she was like very apparent in this one, very ha- helpful, doing so much. Uh, but she was wasted uh, against Levante because there was no one uh, behind her. Uh, you know, there, she had no right back behind you, uh, behind her to uh, support her. So <laughs> she had to go back as well a lot instead of what she does best. You know, pressing and um, running through the midfield and um, the defense. But no, she couldn't you know do that a lot because she also had to pull back and she's um i think out of our like wingers uh you know we have um but and atenea i'm thinking of those two specifically uh feller is so much better in defense like when she goes to pull back and goes to defend uh she gets she recovers the ball uh quite easily and stuff so but I, I mean, she's good at that, right? She she works there. Uh, it's fine. But then she, you waste her there um, when she has no support uh, behind her. And I, I don't know. And, and that results in us not being able to, able to do anything. And yeah, it, it's the whole thing. Like, we didn't get to press. We didn't get to um, press against, you know, Levantes pressing we didn't get to fight against that at all uh and yeah it's it, it all a lot of it has you know come down to the lack of support not just on uh the right side for uh feller it just everywhere everything was so chaotic i i mean i, I don't know it was positioning and um failed passes i i don't know i, I mean it all comes out comes down to our players being completely lost on pitch. Like they were, they came to the game not knowing where uh, their teammates are. You know, it just looked like no no one knew where her teammates were. It just, I don't know. Like I I can't say what uh, Levante did to us. Like specifically, uh, you described some of it. And I can't say any more details about it. Like I really couldn't pay attention of uh, how frustrating the whole game was for me. So I just couldn't get myself to analyze any further on why exactly were they cooking us so much, you know? Um, but yeah, I I don't know. And like I mentioned, I also mentioned um, Olga that. I don't think she was a fullback in this game. You know, she was like put as a fullback there, right? Uh, but uh, she was going more inside. Like you, we can see her like runs when she gets the ball. She tries to run with that ball inside, like to like more centrally at times, and just uh, release it at some point. Uh, um, also some long shots which Olga does which find it's like normal from her uh, but she did this a lot like the run-ins inside and I don't know why it's just that's Olga 
I mean, why would Olga be doing it? I mean, sure, if Linda was doing that, I would not be surprised. Fella or, you know, but Olga, why was she doing that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, I, just, I say, like, none of them knew their position. No one knew their role. It seemed like that. And we had basically zero fullbacks the whole game. And uh, whatever Levante was doing against us, which, you know, you asked me about, uh, I, I think it was pretty easy because, you know, because of this mayhem that was happening on the on our sides. And, yeah, I mean, I guess it was easy for them. I guess Toril helped them with this, um, as always. So, yeah, I don't have any further comments about it. Uh, I'm getting pissed as well, and I'm not even sick. So, yeah, I can't even um, imagine you, like, watching this game sick. So, yeah, uh, so sorry you had to watch it. <laughs> that sums up our off-the-ball performance, but... It was even worse with the ball. Like, we were pretty bad at trying to bring the ball out the back. We were pretty bad when we got in the in the middle third trying to create chances. And in the final third, like, Levante managed to shut us down pretty well. So, you know, it, it, overall, it wasn't really, like, that good of a of a performance in my opinion and I, i'll talk about the on the ball stuff uh now it stems from something that we have discussed in the past we have discussed this multiple times so you know it's uh it comes as no surprise to me and i think a lot of the users or a lot of the listeners that we have they would also uh, agree with this we have been doing this thing where we play we switch our center backs quite often we'll play one player as the right center back in one game we'll switch them back to left center back in the next game and you know that is fine if your players are comfortable doing that but you play one player as the right center back the entirety of last season and you suddenly start playing them as a left center back this year makes little to no sense to me like i cannot connect the dots i am not looking to you know <clears throat> sort of try to reason this because i don't see any reason especially based on the performances on the field and we do not have a left footed center back in our team you know left footed center backs are very rare they are a hot commodity in the market you don't easily get a left-footed center back who is good at the ball, good at keeping the ball, good at bringing the ball out. Because you know, a left-footed center back solves a lot of problems. It opens up the field for you because when uh, when that player is receiving ball from from their partner, uh, the other center back, they don't have to take that extra touch to move the ball towards their left hand side. They can easily bring the ball to on their left foot and you know spread the play so it becomes easier to deal with opposition pressure because you know they are they won't be able to cut your angles that easily but if you are a right-footed player i'll tell you a a, a sequence from the game so susa uh, receives the ball from rocio and she is facing rocio like susa uh isn't really as comfortable receiving the ball 
onto her like she likes to receive the ball uh, onto her instep of the right foot which is the inside of of the right foot that is how she is normally used to receiving from the goalkeeper when she is playing as the right center back and that is how she is generally comfortable receiving the ball now when playing as the left center back the thing that changes here is if she wants to receive the ball with her instep she has to turn her body and face the other center back now the problem with this is it makes the job that much easier for the opponent to you know because since you are already facing the other center back you have your back turned towards your full back so you know if for the full back to be a passing option you will have to take an extra touch and turn your body initially when you are receiving the ball that full back option does not exist for you and that makes it that much easier for the opposition because if they just make a slight curved run that option is completely gone because now you cannot take uh, a touch towards that side to you know sort of turn and move position uh, towards the left hand side you cannot do that anymore so what do you do you either play the ball back to your center back who is again under pressure from the other player because levante were in a 442 so imagine two of their players marking our center back but the one on the right hand side makes a slight curved run so now the left back option is gone rocio our right center back plays the ball and she's under pressure from levante's left forward what does the right left center back our left center back susa do in that situation after receiving the ball she either passes it to misa in which case both of these forwards will try to close down misa and force her to play long and you know try to win the win the aerial battle like that is a 50 50 50% chance which is you know as good as it as it gets and if you have a very dominant aerial player in midfield that is even a better chance that you win the first contact and the second ball so either she plays towards misa that is the safest option or she tries to carry the ball and susa did that a couple of times and it was very risky because once again susa is a right footed player a very right footed player in fact so what she does is she receives on the instep then she tries to turn and beat that pressure sort of hold that pressure and move the ball forward and when she is doing that the midfielders have to move to the side to clear the path for her and that makes it so much easier for the opposition to you know you know this is a player who is only going to pass with her right foot her body angle is such that she like her passing options are restricted and now she is carrying the ball into the midfield where she can be surrounded by players from all sides so basically by playing your right center back as your left center back a player who is so uh, so much more dominant with her with her right foot than her left the problem with this is <coughs> it really messes up your build up it absolutely like kills it uh, honestly if i'm being real if the opposition are just a little smart and if they have quick players which you know levante do they have alba redondo she can close down players like in a flash when that happens you are in big trouble because you don't know how to bring the ball out the back and what you're doing is you're just hoofing the ball over from from the back and that is what happened our build up was 
very very bad because we could not find our midfielders from our center backs because our center backs were badly positioned and structured right from the get go so you know that is how it affected our build up and that is how in general these principles work i think the reason i took this approach to you know sort of explain it with okay receiving with the instep and all of this receiving with the instep or the outside of the foot is a player tendency susa likes to receive with her instep there are players who like to receive with the outside of their foot as well and they are comfortable with it susa is not and that is why playing her as the right center back is the least you can do you know susa hasn't been in great form in general like she has been struggling uh with defense with with her passing with everything and when you set her up like this uh, as a left center back that just makes her performances go worse and then you don't even use your best center back in the squad as as center back anymore so you know you are quite literally not setting up your team for success in in this case so yeah i don't know i think i i i think the listeners would have got on a good picture about why i was so uh you know persistent about saying we should not be playing susa as the left center back and all of that so yeah i hope i did a decent job at explaining that but yeah kanita what what did you think of of our build up and you know this whole thing of the center back switcheroo what is your opinion on that i know we have discussed this but you know just any passing thoughts that you had after this game you know i won't be adding much to this um but there's one <laughs> there's one little thing that frustrated me and i i kept saying like during the match i, I kept saying where are you going and it was uh it was to well ivana a lot and i guess that this is um what results from you know this kind of formation uh the the lineup he put up and where he put her uh but man she would just she would just run with the ball like run with the ball just through the midfield and uh stop there and send it to the wing so and that she does she did that a lot right and the thing is the i'm not talking about the decisions she made i mean i i don't uh i didn't see like i don't know i didn't have anything uh against these decisions like i don't remember any bad ones or anything I'm not talking about the decisions the mere fact that she was just going up there a lot and uh then Olga was also more up than she was, you know, in defense. So, you know, that would that would leave us with um two people at the back uh with uh, which is not a good idea, you know, uh with the pace they have and the switcher rule with the um you know, sides uh, where the center backs were playing. Yeah, just not a good idea. I mean, Ivana could have lost that ball um at any point, you know, she's not a midfielder that can run through and just give it to the attack, you know, pass it, and which she did a lot, once again, I repeat. 
and you know they were just go uh, they they could have gone into a counter easily and gotten a big chance from that and i, I don't know it is that thing it, it's like it's like we were ignoring one entire step in the build up uh and that's the midfield <laughs> You know, uh, we weren't even running uh, the ball through the midfield. Uh, it just uh, just Ivana was doing it instead. You know, it wasn't a build up. You know, defense and slowly building it up. You know, midfield uh, connecting with the defense, and you know, usually how the build up goes. No, you just uh, skip that part entirely, and yeah, go Ivana whoosh to the attack. Yeah, uh, very interesting to see. Uh, and very stressful for me to watch, to be honest. And yeah, I think this is this is the only thing uh, I had to add. Yeah. Yeah. Since we are on the topic of discussing about our defense, let's let's talk about the goals. You know, both were <laughs> both came from a from a set piece, and in both cases. Somehow Gabi Nunez won the header first. Uh, it's it's a weird situation, but you know it's not really surprising given how bad we have been defending set pieces. It's almost like we we just have no clue which player is marking whom. We have no clue about uh, any sort of runners into the box. It, on the second goal, like. How is Gabi Nunez, who is not even that tall? Like Gabi Nunez has a great jump. Like I'll give her that. She she can win a header against the tallest of the players, I think, because she times her run and and that and everything so well to get on the end of 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 the crosses and the uh, corners and whatever. But Susa in the on the second goal was pretty poor. I don't know what she was doing on the first goal as well. She makes a a great run towards the near post, flicks it towards uh, the center of the box, and then it's bundled in. I don't know what was happening in that defensive situation as well. Like, why is nobody... Like, okay, it happens the first time. It happened pretty early. It happened in the 12th minute. Uh, and we were, you know, sort of not expecting... We don't know what to expect from their set pieces and all of that, which technically we should, but fine. Okay. Then it happens again in the second half where the same player is winning the first contact and scoring a great header like come on like let's be let it's been like how, how many years like three years four years and ever since ever since we were tacon we have never really improved even one percent in terms of our set piece defending and we have brought in taller players like i don't know like i think that was the logic we will bring in tall tall players who will bring the uh, who will win their aerial duels who will bring, win the first contact and that way we we don't won't have to directly worry about set pieces and all of that none of that has happened we have two very tall center backs they aren't winning any sort of first contact on on set pieces or corners or anything and that is really concerning if if your tall center backs the the reason they are playing is to have some sort of aerial dominance. If they are not winning your first contact, if they are not winning the aerial battles, then you are in big trouble because 
what else uh, do they have to offer then? So defensively, your best center back is Ivana and you are playing her as a right back. You're in big trouble. <laughs> like I don't know. And I think winning an aerial duel is more than just height. It is it is a very much about timing. It is very much about using your body as well which our centre-backs are pretty poor at. Like, Rocio is great at attacking set-pieces, but defensively, Rocio also struggles on set-pieces. So, yeah, I mean, set-piece defending, it's been the bane of our existence for so long. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have any special comments on this because we have probably discussed this in every single pod we have recorded ever. Like, if you go back to... Our first season or if you go back to our last season, if you go back to last few games, even I'm pretty sure there is a mention of side piece defending. So yeah, no words at all with the sort of goals that we conceded. What did you think about, uh, you know, our excellent set piece defending like throughout time? What were your thoughts on it? Uh, well, it. Definitely hasn't changed. <laughs> it's been one constant, I guess. Um, yeah, I, you know, the first goal, um, <laughs> sure, okay, you could maybe pin it on the confusion in the box. Um, I mean, yeah, it came from us not knowing how to defend set pieces, obviously. But, you know, there was this whole mess. In the box and sure i mean but the second goal the second goal is beyond me because well one uh one minor detail which was actually pointed out uh to me when i was scrolling through twitter uh or x whatever you want to call it um it was a moment uh, during the that corner Levante was taking for this uh, before the second goal, and at the very goal line uh, there was Paula Fernandez before the corner would be taken, and I think Toletti. I'm pretty sure it was Toletti. Toletti came to um, came in front of her to mark her. Uh, and in the meantime, like, as soon as Soletti came, uh, Paula just went away, you know, and that left, uh, Toletti marking Misa. Um, I'm not kidding, just, if you miss that, <coughs> sorry, now I'm coughing, <coughs> um, if you miss that, just go back to the second goal. Uh, go right before the corner would be taken, and you will see Misa being marked by one of her teammates, which was very funny, uh, to be honest. It it actually uh, describes our um, set-piece defending very well. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Uh, everyone has mentioned that, that uh, you know... Um, Kathleen, uh, the tall center back, you know, was marking Nunes there, and well, she beat Kathleen in that header, and you know, scored, and it was a fantastic header, and um, it's like she wasn't marked at all. I don't know. I looked like that. Looked like it from the 
a very short retake. So she took. So yeah. Um, f- fun times. Looking like every time you see us, um, the like um conceding in uh, from set piece. Uh, there's always something you can find. You know, something, some detail you miss. Uh, like uh, so, some some detail that will make you think, oh, okay, this happened. I don't know why. And that's uh, think about Toletti marking Misa is exactly one of those. And things like that can uh, happen quite often in you know our defending uh, set pieces. Very fun times, to be honest. I am um, exact. I'm actually having the exact opposite watching us def- defend the set pieces. Um, so yeah, there are some <laughs> there's some traumas we have <laughs> set pieces uh, from years back, <laughs> and they they were never healed because you know we just keep doing these weird mistakes. And yeah, I mean, uh, we lost this game solely out of the you know, set pieces. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, makes sense. I mean, it's poetic, um, kind of, to never uh, change in this little thing. Like, yeah. They say be consistent, and I think we have taken that too hard with our set piece defending approach because it's been consistently bad. And at this point, you can only laugh because I don't know what happens on the training field, but our set piece defending is just just very, very bad. And it's it's if you don't laugh, you'll cry. It's that sort of a situation now because it's clearly not improving. Well, yeah, I mean, this game was the culmination of everything that we have been worried about since the start of the season, everything that we have been discussing. And we have been bringing up time and time again about how whatever the result is showing is not the actual depiction and it's flattering our performance. We have been very poor. We have been winning games late or we we score early and, you know, that is that somehow it all came true, you know, whatever we were worried about first big test and all hell breaks loose and all hell is yet to break loose because after the international break, like I said before, we are going to fa- be facing Real Sociedad, we are going to be facing Chelsea and Barcelona in consecutive games. So, you know, gonna be fun times, I guess, where we will we will either be having a pretty traumatic uh, podcast every every week every three days but yeah yeah i have nothing else to add but based on our notes i i guess you have something to add kanita about about the refereeing and i think the refereeing was a bit controversial it wasn't the best uh i think there was a penalty on linda kaisedo in the 21st minute but you know even beyond that i think even if linda would have gotten that penalty and scored we don't know how the game would have panned out but overall not just discussing the scoreline our performances based on our performance we deserve to lose and yeah i think the result was a fair reflection of our performance uh, despite some of the refereeing decision not being the best i would say so yeah i i i assume you have something to add to that and something to add to uh, the referee's performance so yeah go ahead this is your time 
Yeah, I mean, definitely I wouldn't uh, say that the referee was the reason we lost. You know, we were the reason we lost. So, <laughs> yeah, um, this whole pod basically distra- described it. But, yeah, I mean, this thing about referees and just not knowing how to do their job is pretty much consistent. You know, another consistent thing. Yay! But, uh, yeah, um. You'd think that, you know, second year of the professional league, the refs would be, you know, a bit better with, um, since they got a higher salary since, you know, last season and stuff. Um, but no, it's just as bad. And we keep mentioning it, right? We keep saying how bad refereeing is uh, almost every game. And this game, well, yeah, there was this <laughs> penalty shout. In twenty first minute, um, Linda was running with the ball and she was going one on one versus the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper basically uh, sweeped her uh, Linda's foot, and she was nowhere near uh, the ball. So she swept it with her arms. She uh, like almost grabbed Linda's foot, and she fell obviously. And yeah, I mean. That looked like a clear penalty. I don't know what others think. Uh, some people say it wasn't, but to me, it's a clear penalty. Uh, but no, the ref didn't see it. And then in the second half, <laughs> well, and around the 60th minute, uh, there were some uh, interesting. There was an interesting array of events. Um, so, first of all, there was an offside position called to us, uh, to Linda actually. Um, she was, I think, combining with Feller. That doesn't matter with, with whom, but um, offside was called, and you can see it very easily, very clearly that it was not offside. It was onside even before the uh, replay was played. You, you, you know, I was confused about it. Like, how was that offside? And then um, Linda came to protest. You know. Um, I didn't see her doing anything, you know, extravagant. She's protesting about how was, uh, how did she stop this action? It wasn't uh, offside. Like she was watching, she was you know keeping count where she was, uh, in that moment. And you can see, like in the replay, you can, uh, she makes a pass back, and then she receives the uh, ball back to her, and that's when the the offside was called, you know, in this combination. And you can see that she was looking where she was, you know, she, where she was positioned, and she was sure it wasn't offside, and, you know, she, she was right. And then, uh, in the meantime, Ivana came and, you know, <laughs> came to defend, like, uh, defend Linda, and you can see her laughing, uh, uh, you know, uh, in some way, uh, you know, the laughing from why, why are you doing this, you know, talking to the ref and saying, like, how is this offside? And uh, then Linda got the yellow card. So, like, um, yeah, basically, there were yellow cards for protest. And also, the same minute, I don't know what he did, but the coach of Levante also got a red card. uh, And he was protesting her decisions. So, I don't know. And a couple of minutes... I don't know if it was a couple of minutes 
after it. I think it was after this one. Uh, but there was a offside call for Levante. And it wasn't offside. Like, <laughs> not even close. You know? Uh, so, you know, sure. I mean, we we got this, like, clear onside position called as offside. And this uh, penalty not called and everything. Uh, but you can see that the refs... You can't say that the refs are biased. Just said that they're not good, you know, they're not good for either side, and it just keeps happening. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, I mean, we won that Villarreal game, uh, with a uh, with a goal that was pretty much illegal. The foul happened before the goal and it wasn't called, and everything before that, there were countless um corners not given, and everything. so you know, it just stuff like this keeps happening. And, you know, I'm not mentioning it because we lost or, you know, because we shouldn't have won that VRL match because of that um, bad referee call that shouldn't have been a goal. It's just that, you know, for the sake of the the growth of this league, you know, the professional league that is Liga F, um, the league of the, you know, <laughs> World Cup winners this year. Uh, this is very shameful. I just, I mean, I, I keep saying that I hope it improves, but doesn't improve at all. And I don't know. I'm just frustrated. Um, we can just move on from this. Um, guess, yeah, this is it. Well, <coughs> international break has come <clears throat> at probably a good time because you know players will go away with their national teams and. <clears throat> It will take their mind off this defeat and hopefully when they come back the performances are better somehow or at least we see some sort of positive improvement because you know even even breadcrumbs of you know actual coherent practice where okay we are trying some sort of a setup we are trying some sort of at least a positive approach in that regard i would be i would appreciate that i would be like okay we are improving we are doing we are doing our bits maybe it will click at a later time even if we even just give me a sign that is what i'm saying basically and we'll be patient because you know that is what we can do but yeah hopefully hope dies last that is what they say and we are hoping that things improve in the future but uh, looks unlikely to be to be very honest with you but yeah so <laughs> that probably wraps up the levante game pod we'll bring you another one uh as, as i mentioned before where we will discuss the group that we have been drawn in the in the champions league we'll bring you a little lowdown about the uh about the opponents that we are going to face in in the group stages and we'll also like take that opportunity to sort of give a brief review about uh the second leg between real madrid and valeranga i also like <laughs> apologize for the bad listening experience due to my coughing on the last two pods but yeah i i'm trying to recover this recover from this but yeah it's been taking a while um so yeah uh, apologies about that and thank you for listening We'll keep bringing you Real Madrid Femenino content to the best of our abilities through the international break and throughout the season. Until then, 
A la Madrid. A la Madrid. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>